Welcome to the Let Us Reason Together broadcast with pastor-teacher Dr. James Sutton of Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church. Please stay tuned to the end of the broadcast for more contact information. And now your host, Dr. James Sutton. And our expectations. But yet and still, it may not be what God wants. So you have to be, are you strong enough to resist other people's expectations and move into the destiny God has for you? Because the people that have the expectations in your life may be people you love and trust. But it's when God breaks your way. Think of Abraham. Abraham was, was fine. He was living okay. He was with his father. He was with his, his tribe. He was with his region. But then God woke him up and said, go. And God said, look, go and take no one. But who did he end up taking anyway? Lot. He could not let go of that. He wanted to take something with him that reminded him of where he came from. So his expectation was, I need this person or I need this thing. And sometimes we make expectations out of things we need. We call, we think we need them. The only thing we need is God. There's a lot of things I want. But I need God and I need to live up to the expectation that God has. And as we read in John, so far as the one expectation is the highest commandment is what? What's the highest commandment? No, what did he say? What did he tell them to do? I want you to do what? No, you, you said it. Say it. Love. Love one another as I love you. Yeah. Love one another as I love you. So your definition of love will depend upon your relationship with Christ. We just read, he says, if you love me, you will obey my what? And then he got down to where his commandment is, love one another as I have loved you. Okay? He's preparing them to live outside of their expectation. He's about to leave them. He's trying to give them enough so they can live in the order of God and not of their expectation. Now, let me ask the question. What expectation do you think the disciples had for Jesus? What expectation do you think they had? They expected them to live forever. Speak up. They expected them to live forever. Okay. And any other other expectation? He's the Messiah. What did they want the Messiah to do? Save them. From? Sin. No. From the Romans. The Romans. They wanted somebody to come in like David and kick everybody's butt. But he didn't come to do that, did he? Nope. So their expectations didn't match what God wanted. You see what I'm saying? It wasn't that their expectation was wrong when we talked about normal. Remember that, Will? That was a normal expectation. That was a normal expectation. That was not evil. But well, sometimes we make normal things that people respond to. We call them evil because we understand God is good. But I wouldn't call what they, I would just call that normal human behavior. They had a leader. He did a whole bunch of miracles. They watched it and they said, we know that the Messiah is coming. It must be him. And he's going to bring back the time we had with Solomon, the time we had with David, the prosperity time where we on top. But it didn't happen that way. Remember, as we're reading, he says, look, I'm about to leave. And of course, I would ask the question, where are you going? And he tried to explain to them where he was going. But that doesn't fit into my expectation. What you mean you were going? You just got here. We only been with you three years. Where are you going? 
Aren't you going to get rid of the Romans? You didn't heal people. You didn't did stuff. You need to live up to our expectations. And that's where we miss God. When we put God in our expectation, the box. I ain't talking about the expectation of him being God, but our expectation of how he's going to deal with us. God deals with each individual in this room the way we need to be dealt with. So for me, it's my, I have to get rid of my expectations. Who am I that I can't sit over there? Who am I that I can't sit out here? Who am I that got to preach every Sunday? Who am I that got to teach all the time? Who am I? Yeah, I'm the pastor. But if, if God's expectation is to me to do something different, and mine is I need to do this. If I don't do this, they not going to get. How arrogant of me. How arrogant of me if I think that I'm the only one that can teach you. Now to set up my own little kingdom and left really God out of it because God, you appointed me to do this. But really, you appointed me for a season. You know, I'm here for a season. So I'm willing to be open to God saying, when my season is up, it's time for me to go. Either go home or go to do something else. It's one thing to be fired by God, but it's another thing to be fired by God and not know it. Or act like you don't know it. So in your expectations, you have to remember, let God kind of control that. Be flexible. Don't be so stiff-minded. Don't get caught up in our what we've been successful in the past. Because what happens, if you follow the Jews, every time they lived a time of prosperity, they went to idol worship right behind it. A lot of people have been blessed in this ministry with new jobs, new careers, and it's kind of funny. They end the Bible study when they was wanting a job, when they was wanting a promotion, when they was wanting this, they was coming to church. As soon as they get what God won't gain them, just a little bit longer, all I like to do is sit back and wait, and they don't show up. Because now the job they got makes them tired enough where they can't come to church. But it was the God that, that, that gave them the job so they can have a prosperous life. And people do that to God all the time. Sometimes I say, God, how did you put up with us? Because we are so silly. You know, it's always, what have you done for me lately? So let's get to John. Let's open John chapter 15. What was the type of message for today you said? The message Sunday. Today you said we're going to talk about this. Oh, we're going to talk about... Uh, God choosing us. God choosing us. And, and I guess I asked that question about expectation was, was did you have an expectation that God was going to choose you? Or it, in your mind, you thought you chose God. Okay? You know, so we're going to go over God choosing us. We'll go through a whole bunch of scripture. Okay, so we can solidify that God chose us. I know that we hear testimony of you got sick and tired of being sick and tired. You was tired of going to the club. And one day you just decided to wake up. Let me tell you something, saints. You can't wake up because you was dead. Mm -hmm. We know that in Ephesians 2. So unless God woke you up and then you got. What God did was give you, revive you, and then reveal to you and inspire you. You responded to what God did. God didn't respond to what you did. Now, does God respond to our faith? Yes, it is. But even Ephesians 2 says what? The faith is not of our own. He gave us that. So even the amount of faith, he said he gave every man what? A measure. A measure of faith. So even in this whole choosing thing, you have to understand, 
If you would keep God on the throne and keep him up front, you'll never be out of balance and wrong. I'd rather err on making God God than making me God. I'd rather err say God say, no, that's on you. Than me saying that's on me and it's on really him. Okay, so we have to be humble ourselves before God. Okay, Will, let's pick up at 15. Let's start at 15. Where do we live off at anyway? Anybody know? We didn't do anything. We didn't get to 15. We didn't get to chapter 15 yet? Yes, sir. All right, but well, we're going to 15 anyway right now. <laughs> I didn't, hold on, I done ran so far ahead of y'all. I'm in 15. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Okay, well then let's start, let's start at 15.1, but we're going to make it down to 15.16. And our lesson is around 15, 15, and 15, 16. So for contextual purposes, Jesus is leaving them. He hasn't left them yet. He's preparing them. Okay? He's preparing them. He done told them, I'm the truth, the life, and the way. We didn't get to that part, right? right? So he done told them another I am statement. What's the more the I am statement in John? Uh, I am vine. But well, you're about to read that. I okay? am the door. I am the door. I am the window. Okay. I'm the bread of life. Life. Okay. All right. Chapter seven. He's living water. Living water. Yeah. Okay. So we got Jesus describing himself as I am. There was seven of them, right? Yeah, there was seven of them. Okay. So no seven. Seven miracles. There were seven I am saying though, weren't there? I don't know if it's seven. Maybe a little bit more Five. than that. We'll see. We'll count them up at one point. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna about going to now is I am the true vine. So now Jesus is going from, I'm going to leave you, but I want you to understand, you're attached to something that's important. You're attached to something that will sustain you. As long as you're attached to me, you'll live. If you're not attached to me, you'll die. Okay? You'll die. Go ahead and read it. John 15, 15.1. We'll start at 15.1. But our lesson is going to be around 15, 15, 15, 16. Then I'll go back the next time. Go ahead. I am the true vine, and mm -hmm. my father is the husbandman. Mm -hmm. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. Mm -hmm. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it, mm -hmm. purgeth it, and that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. So how are you clean? Through the word. word. Now there's a part in the Bible that says you clean by the washing of the word, so that coincides. So we know the word cleanses us if we're willing to take a bath in it. Okay? If we want to take a bath and eat it, digest it, all of that. Go ahead. Abide in me and I in you. Uh-huh. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, mm -hmm. except it abide in the vine. Mm -hmm. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. So in other words, unless we're connected to Jesus, we can't produce any fruit. That's just simple and plain. That ain't no big mystery. It's who we connected to by what we produce. Without being connected to the right source, we're not going to produce the right fruit. If we connect it to the wrong source, we're going to produce the wrong fruit. It's like a math equation. You can't start off wrong and end up right. Okay? One and one is two all day. And that, and that fruit is the fruit of the Spirit. So yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. Producing the fruit can be the fruit of the Spirit, and it can be other disciples. Okay, but let's see. Go ahead. I am the vine, and ye are the vines. <coughs> he, he that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. How much fruit? Much fruit. So that means you it, it's a multiplication thing. It's not just a one-time shot. You're going to bring forth much fruit. Mm -hmm. That is the definition of, of, of you proving you a Christian. Where's your fruit? Now, your fruit can become in many different ways, but it is experienced like, like a sister said, 
So Jackie said, through having the fruit of the Spirit. You can't produce fruit without the fruit of the Spirit. Because the fruit of the Spirit is where you get your seeds from to produce the fruit. You can't produce love without having love. Okay. You can't produce joy without having joy. So you can't produce what you don't have, right? And the fruit of the Spirit, since it's the fruit of the Spirit, it's the fruit of the Holy Spirit, which is in you, Jesus died, sent it back. So we produce fruit from what we have in us. And attached to the true vine, our goal is to exhibit all the fruits of the Spirit at some point in our life. Working together as needed. Go ahead. For without me, ye can do nothing. Mm -hmm. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch mm -hmm. and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. Okay. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will and it shall be done unto you. So now you're saying if this thing that you have and you're connected to the right source, you could ask and it shall be done unto you. Now this is not anything and everything. We still talking about what? Fruit. So if you want more fruit, you got to be connected to the word of God. Okay? We're not talking about anything and everything. We're talking about fruit now. We're still in that. That's the context is fruit. Okay? We're not off into your job, your house, your car. We, we still, we narrow. We right now, we're talking about the fruit. Like Jackie said, the fruit of the spirit. You want more love? Ask. You want more joy? Ask. You want more kindness? Ask. Lord, teach me how to love somebody. The Bible says love your what? Neighbor. And, and our neighbor and our enemies. Okay? But we don't need to learn how to love our neighbor per se unless our neighbor's our enemy. Mm, right. Amen. Right. Go ahead. Herein is my Father glorified, uh -huh. that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. Oh! Now even, now he's being more specific of what this fruit will look like. He said, now my Father, this is the way my Father's glorified, that you be much fruit and that you are my disciples. So now, Fruit now in this sense is bigger than is much more than the Holy Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit. It's about making other disciples. Oh yeah. Making other disciples. Having enough of this word in you and your testimony to make disciples. Some of you think it just takes what you believe that my level, whatever that may be. But really, when I talk to people, I don't talk about theology, eschatology, pneumology. Uh, 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 ecclesiastical understanding. I don't talk none of that. I just talk about the goodness of Jesus. And in that is all of that. You see what I'm saying? In that I have an understanding of all of that. Ecclesiology, church, eschatology, end times, pneumology, study of the spirit, soteriology, the study of salvation. What's the point of on the words you, you ain't saved? What's the point of knowing all those words and you can't even have a testimony? Okay, I wrote something on Facebook about knowing all that is great, but you don't need to know that. You need to have a testimony. Okay? And you need to know your word. All right? Go ahead. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Mm -hmm. Continue ye in my love. So we continue in the love. Go ahead. If ye keep my commandments, ye right. shall abide in my love, uh -huh. even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. So he's comparing his love and abiding as he did the vine. So he gave you an illustration, and he gives the how it functions. You abide in him, he and the Father, and we all in each other, okay? All that goes together, abiding. Nobody's separate. Nobody's broken away. All right, go ahead. 
These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. Mm -hmm. This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Stop right there. Let's read that again. This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. This is my commandment. The only way you can abide in God is you loving on each other. See, no sense if you're talking about loving on the next person next to you. That's not in, in the body of Christ. You got to learn how to love on each other before we go out and love on anybody else. And the people from the outside know when y'all not loving each other. That's why nobody in church are. Not so much not in church per se in the sense of numbers. That's why we, it's just hard for us to win the loss when they see us fighting amongst each other. Over stuff that don't make sense. Stuff that don't make sense. Sometimes it can be hidden. But let me tell you, every church got its problems. Ain't no perfect church. You know, I love Friendly Temple. But don't think Friendly Temple ain't got no problems. It's just so big that maybe you can't see everything that's going on. Right, you can stay away from it. But when you're in a small family church, like we're in a family church. You know, y'all know each other. When somebody missing, you know it. When you didn't show up, and you didn't show up, ain't, ain't no sense of me telling me, asking me, uh, did you see Curly? No, I ain't see Curly. No, I ain't see Jackie. Where they at? I knew where she was, and I, she might have told me where she was, but I forgot. But what I'm saying is we know when we're not around. Okay? So, so with this love, we have to really show people that we love each other. And in our current circumstance, I keep trying to tell y'all, when y'all love on each other, it's contagious because it affects the perimeter people. It affects the perimeter people. The ones who want to sit on the outskirts. They, get, they don't know what to do with your love. When y'all show up for, for Sunday school, it's out of love and y'all want to learn, but they don't know what to do with that. Even the teacher comes in happier now because y'all showing up on, because they don't show up on time. Okay? So what I'm saying to you is as long as you keep loving there's going to be a change because love can't fail. Okay? But we're talking about making other disciples through love. It's through love and your testimony. Your testimony should end up how much you love Jesus. Your testimony should get there. How much you love Jesus for doing what he did for you. Okay? Not you being sick and tired or sick of being sick and tired, but how much God loved you enough to die for you and send his son to shed his blood for you. That's what you should get to when your testimony, once you finish doing all that, 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 that stuff that relate to their sin, you should get there. Hey, let me tell you about a God that loves you. All right, go ahead, Will. Go ahead. Uh, when you go, when it says um, back up in 10, if you keep my commandments, mm -hmm. that's with an S, and then down in 12, it says, this is my commandment that you love one another. Mm -hmm. Those are two. Uh, the first one is that referring to the Ten Commandments? No. Then I no, that's that. Because Jesus has given them already given them some commandments. So they love one another, okay? And he says, the, remember, he said, love the Lord with all your heart, but the greatest commandment of these is that you love one another. Mm -hmm. What he's trying to point out is all the commandments that were written in the Old Testament funnels down to the one thing the loving each other and loving God, okay? There's only really two commandments. Right. Love God. So when you say two, yeah. Okay. Love God and love each other. Okay, there's two commandments. But the greatest is that you love each other. Because in loving each other, you prove it's the first one. You can't love each other and not love God, right? Right. 
So the one is a byproduct of the other. If you, if you love me, I know you love God. But you can't say you love God and you love, you know that old saying, y'all done heard of the church. I don't like you, but I love you. Right. The devil is a lie. Yeah. We done all heard him, probably said. Yeah, you know, we need to get them kind of words because those are confusing words. And who's the author of confusion? The devil. The devil. He wants you to double talk like that. Yeah. And then you know, now if the person has what, then I got to explain. Well, I don't like what you're doing, and you know, just love them. They probably already know you're displeased with what they're doing. You know, but I'm talking inside the church. I've heard that amongst church members. I don't like you, but I, I'm commanded to love you. But you're not, you're not loving me if you don't like me. Yeah, that don't that don't compute. Because then you ain't willing to really sacrifice for me if you don't like me. Okay? But it sounds glib and quick and it appeals to our flesh. And we think that's godly and that's not godly. Never double talk like that. Okay? Go ahead, Will. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friend. Stop. So what's the greater love? Someone will do what? So the greater love, he's actually... He's actually giving them the prelude to the cross. Okay. He said there's no greater love than one man should have for another than one would what? Lay down his life for him. So my love for you is how I what? How much my love for you by that statement? How much I'm willing to do what? Sacrifice. Sacrifice. How much? Is the, and see, he's not requiring that I go up on the cross and hang myself or do anything like that. What he's saying is how much of me am I willing to give up for the benefit of you? When y'all come here to Bible study, you're giving up some other things that you could be doing for the benefit of this body. You get it? That's sacrifice. You still got to go to work, and y'all got to do what you got to do, and you got to do what you got to do, and he got to go to work. But that's a sacrifice. Because you could be doing something else. Sleeping. Sleeping, eating, <laughs> get, getting in trouble. Getting in trouble. But, but God say, he recognizes how well we sacrifice from his ultimate sacrifice. He recognizes that. Okay? Go ahead. Ye are my friends if ye do, do whatsoever I command you. So now Jesus is saying, there's a benefit to doing what I command you to do, loving each other, because now you go from my servant to my what? Friend. Friend. Now, he calls us friend. Right? But we're not as good a friend as he is, are we? Okay, because he sacrificed his life for us. So as we, he calls us friend because we do his commandment. Okay, he calls us his friend. All right, go ahead. Henceforth I call you not servants, mm -hmm. for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. Mm -hmm. But I have called you friends for all things that I have heard of my father I have made known unto you. So friendship is about a giving of knowledge from one to another. He said, I bet you know everything the Father's told me. I held nothing back. A good friend will hold nothing back. They'll find a way to tell you. What I mean is I know there's a way to tell somebody something, but if it's important to the value of the friendship and their life, their livelihood, and protecting them, you'll figure out a way to tell them. It may hurt their feelings, but they'll appreciate what you say. You know, they're not going to sit there and go, if they're your real friend, they know you love them. If I know you love me, you can say some stuff to me. 
Amen. And I can tell y'all can say some stuff to me. So Carolyn's tried tricking and girl and did it. Hey, hey. And Peter done did it. Did. Earth and did me. Er, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes. But you know when it's the truth. Yeah, you know when it's the truth, and it is what it is. Okay? But it's in love. And I have to be, the Bible says that, that the word of God is good for correction. So if she's bringing me correction and love, and I can find that love in the Bible, then I need to receive that. Because she ain't trying to hurt me. She's trying to make sure we stay on track. Amen. Amen. All right, go ahead. 16. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go forth, that you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. So, again, we want to concentrate right now for the remainder of this lesson about him choosing us. But guess what he said? That the, that the fact that he chose us, he said the fruit that you make, the disciples that you make, will remain. Okay? It will continue to grow. Disciples make disciples. Okay? It will continue to grow. So we want to solidify this thing that God chose us. He said, you didn't choose me. I chose you. Okay? So that so we got one scripture that kind of relates to that. All right? Let's go to 1 Peter chapter, chapter 2, verse... Uh, Chapter 2, verse 9. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. Verse 9. Uh-huh. Anybody read? But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy <coughs> nation, a people for whom, I'm sorry, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellence of him who called you out of darkness into the marvelous light. So you are a what? A royal priesthood. Royal chosen by God. Uh -huh. That matches with the statement you were chosen. What he's saying is when, when he chooses you, you are already elevated to royalty. He said you were joint heirs. And if he's a king, you got to be a prince or, or, or a princess or a queen. So he says, you're a royal princess. You are, you are chosen, but you're chosen for a purpose. You're not chosen just to sit on the throne. You're chosen to make disciples mm -hmm. and do the work of God. All right? You're chosen. Go to uh, Jeremiah 1, verse 5. <coughs> Jeremiah 1, verse 5. So now we know he chose us, and we're chosen, and our classification is royalty. So he didn't choose you to be no bum. You're royalty. And as Will has told us several times, you need to know how important you are in God. Now all this is predicated you are attached to the true vine. Right. So now let's not get it twisted. We got to go back up to verse 1. We, we are 1 through all the way down. This is predicated upon you being attached to the true vine. Okay? This is not predicated you just being cute and coming to church. This is being attached. Okay. All right. Uh, Jeremiah 1 and 5, anybody? Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nation. So what he's telling you now, this is in the Old Testament. But what he's saying is, before you was formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. And has already appointed a job for you. 
that you would be, he telling him that be that telling Jeremiah specifically that he's gonna be a prophet to the nations, but you are royalty to the nations. And you're a prophet to the nations. What is your prophetic word? Talking about Jesus. Before you was formed in your mother's womb. That means before you and your, your mother and your father even got together, he knew you. Okay? Go to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. So this is our position. This is, a, this is what we are because he chose us. And this should make you feel good. But there's a responsibility because the responsibility falls in the fact that you must bring forth much fruit. Uh-huh. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Keep going. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him. Uh-oh, now we got another distinction. In love. In love. Everything's in love. But we not only are royalty, we're not only going to be prophets, but we also what? Holy and blameless. Holy and blameless. See, can't nobody talk against you. They can. But it shouldn't mean nothing if you're living or you're attached to the true vine. Okay? Don't nobody put you back. Because he said you're holy and blameless in Christ. Now, when we act outside of Christ, we're we full of blame. But when we act in Christ as the body of Christ in unison and in love, we are attached to the true vine, which is attached to the power and the source of creation, God himself. Okay? All right. Go to Deuteronomy 14 and 2. Are y'all starting to see the significance of him telling us he chose us before anything, even before the earth was formed? He chose you in Christ. He knew that you would be here this day. All of us has come to this ministry this minute from different directions and didn't know each other. But God knew that we would be here today. Deuteronomy 14 and 2. For you are hope. No. For you what? You said 14 2. Uh-huh. Yeah. For you are a holy people. Mm -hmm. to the Lord your God. And the Lord has chosen you to be a people for his own possession out of all the people who are on the face of the earth. So he's talking to Israel proper at that time. He's telling them, you were chosen for an assignment. You are precious mm -hmm. to me. But then we just, told, we just read in Ephesians that we were chosen in Christ. So you are the same possession. You are possessed by Jesus. You are Jesus' possession. He said, I will not lose none of the Father has what? Given me. So you're his possession. And anything God has ain't going to be lost. If he got you, you ain't going nowhere. And it's not predicated upon what you do. It's not predicated on what you do? No. It's predicated on who he is. Don't y'all know God don't lose? To nobody? God can't lose. So even at your worst time of acting up and when you feel despair, when you feel like things ain't going right in your life and your family, things are just hell and seem like it's coming at your door, don't you know that God has ordained that hell so he can manifest the blessing in your life? It came to me as I was studying the other day. The reason why we go through so much so God can show how good he is. Yeah. 
The reason why you go through what you go through so God can show us. What would it be like if God to show up and everything going well? But it's in your midst of your need of him that he shows up. And you know what we say all the time. We know it to be true. God always on time. He never sleeps nor slumbers. So he, all, he shows up at the right time for all of us. But he ordained what you would have to go through. So when you get on that thing of why am I going through it? Hey, can you say for the glory of God? That's a hard leap mentally. You mean all the hell that I'm going through that I may have caused in my life, that I'm reaping what I've sown in the past, and some things that you allow me to go through is also for your glory and my good because what the fire that I'm in is not how I'm going to come out. I may go in like coal, but I'm going to come out like a diamond. I'm going to be like the Hebrew boys, even though that I was in the fire and I don't smell like I, what I've been through. You don't smell like you've been in a barbecue, but you was in the fire. That's what God will do for you. He said you're holy. So there ain't no fire that can touch holy. Only the holy fire of God. So whatever you go through, remember it's ordained by God because he chose you. So if he chose you for the, he chose you as royalty, he has to choose your assignments. He chooses what you go through. He chooses what you will endure. And he'll never put on you something that you won't make it through. You won't think it at the time. But the only reason is he does that so you can eventually stop turning to Vera, stop turning to Mother Goldston, and turn directly to him. Now, their job as brothers and sisters in Christ is to take, you need to go talk to God. Let's look at this. Let me read his word. Are we done praying? Now, your turn is you got to go God directly. God gave me something that we're going to do. I know it's going to be hard for us if it was a bad knees. I want y'all to spend 10 days, consecutive days. I don't know if I'm going to tell you when to start. But we're going to spend 10 days on our knees praying to God. Get a pillow, whatever you need to do. A bench, whatever. Uh, you can do it on your bed if you want to. But I want to spend us 10 days praying to God. I don't care how long your prayers. I want you to lay out before God and see what happens. Not even anything that you desire in your heart. Oh, just pray. I want you to pray in that oh. posture. Mm -hmm. We've gotten away from laying out before God. Because it ain't popular. It ain't cool. We don't want to lay out before God. It's, it's interesting when I look at my pictures from Africa. You got hundreds of men laid out before God. That's a beautiful sight. Mm -hmm. They on their knees. They like this. You know, we be like this. Because <laughs> we cute. Okay? We got to be cute. Yeah, that's all it is. We got to be cute. I'll be in my car praying. That's all right. So now, we realize how special we are. Go to Isaiah 43 and 10, and we're done. Isaiah 43 and 10. Isaiah 43 and 10. You were chosen. You chose to be royalty. You chose to be holy. And you were chosen before this earth was even thought of. In Christ, and the only way that you can produce the fruit that you're chosen to do by the royalty that He proclaims for you is to continuously draw your power from being attached to the true vine. It's the word that washes us, it's the word that gives us the power. And the more words you know, and when I mean by know, I don't mean be able to repeat it. The more word that you live out in the character of your life, the more powerful you are. Deuteronomy. I mean, I mean, I'm sorry, Isaiah 43 and 10. Anybody? 
my witnesses. You are who? You are my witnesses. See, that goes back to being the disciples. You are my witnesses. Go ahead. Declares the Lord. Mm-hmm. And my servant whom I have chosen, mm-hmm. so that you may know and believe me. Okay, keep going. And understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, and there will be none after me. Okay. I even, I am the Lord. I am Lord. And there is no savior besides me. So he's telling you to be attached to you got to understand there's nothing other than him. You got to come to the conclusion of nothing but God. And now what we have, what we just got, when we talk about expectations, we just got the expectations of God for our life. That's what you read. God just told you his expectations for you. He told you who you were. He told you what you need to do, and he told you how to do it. You have the expectations of God, and oftentimes the expectations of God don't match up with the expectations of man. The expectation of man, America say, don't sacrifice, it's all about me, just do it. It's all about you. It's not about the next person. You care for the next person so much that, that it, it will be detrimental to your health. But sometimes we put ourselves in danger. Grace puts you in danger. To be hurt, to be talked about, to be laughed at, to be scorned. But didn't they do that to Jesus? That grace he gave them, he said, forgive them, Father, for they do not know what they do. And here comes Stephen doing the same thing. Forgive them, for they do not know what they do. People will persecute you and talk about you and not understand you. One, because of who you are in Christ. And two, they have an expectation of what church should be and what it should look like and how we should do something. And we don't do it that way. We do it this way. But see, we're trying to live in the expectation of God. I'm not, and we're not, beholden to any tradition that we grew up with. Thank God. We've been delivered. The pain can pass us and we just look at it. Okay? But we give. You know? It's kind of funny. Show how God works when y'all we all on one accord. There's things that happen that I don't really say nothing about. I just smile at. When Heather finished preaching uh, Sunday, and and uh, we were all sitting here, it was a beautiful, beautiful word. It was Daphne got up and did what? Ask for love, all for Heather. We've never done that. Think about it. Okay, now. But the funny thing about what she did, I was about to do. Wow. Really? Mm. That's why I laugh. I say, God, I see you. I was about to do the same exact thing. Wow. That's confirmation. Yeah. Yeah. We all want to call in love. We love it on heaven. You know, and for lack of a better word, she our baby. And we want our baby, we know our baby go to school. So we're going to take up a collection for our baby to go on back to school. And continue to teach us. Amen. So, so look at look how God moved. It was on my heart, it was on her heart, and she moved. She said, Pastor, can I? I was just about to say it. I said, go ahead. She said, I think we should take up an offering for hell, a love offering. And that was beautiful. It was beautiful because it came from you. It came from one of y'all. See? That, that, see, Peter? Every now and then, <laughs> you say something that's really, really, really wonderful.
Thank you for listening in today to Let Us Reason Together broadcast with Dr. James Sutton. You may send letters of prayerful support and your tax-deductible financial gift to Walk in Truth, 7852 Milan Avenue, St. Louis, Missouri, 63130. If you are in need of prayer or would like to contact the ministry, call us at 314-629-0024. You can also visit the ministry website at www.walkintruthministries.com or email us at witmin at yahoo.com. And be sure to check us out at Walk in Truth Ministries on Facebook and Walk in Truth Radio SoundCloud. Be sure to tune in next week for another thought-provoking broadcast from Let Us Reason Together.